From the Omaha Bugle Global News Headquarters, this is the Global News Network with Senior Correspondent Jeff Weaver and Senior Correspondent Adam Von Romer. Mr. Weaver, here we are again at the Global News Network desk of the much vaunted and highly esteemed Omaha Bugle. And I have it on great authority that Warren Buffett listens to us on a regular basis. And I think to that point, I'd like to talk today about charitable giving, Mr. Weaver, if I may. Mm -hmm. Would you like to join me in that uh, conversation? Well, since I'm only four feet away from you, I probably can't avoid joining you in this. Exactly. Um, but, uh, Just keep so I, th- I that think Adam, we're, what we're I think what we're kind of taking it when we had talked originally about the subject matter of this particular broadcast, we were initially talking about corporate giving, corporate philanthropy, right. and I guess what we also have to take into account is the various types of philanthropy, the various types of organizations that exist out there, because. As I mentioned to you before, I'm very uncomfortable with corporate giving of any type because the decision-making is ultimately by officers who, you know, frankly, they may have stock options and everything, but they're not the shareholders who have plunked the money in to buy shares of the company and typically have no say in the types of philanthropy that the, that the company gets involved in. And so it struck me that it would be a lot easier for companies, and I'm just throwing this out in a nutshell, we go from there, that it would be a lot easier for companies to adopt a no contribution, no philanthropy policy. And basically they can tell everybody who comes to them with the tin cup in hand, we don't do any of this, we don't care what cause it is. Mm-hmm. And by mm-hmm. my mind, I think it would make the shareholders far happier to know that their money was being utilized by the company for company purposes, you know, research, development, sales, marketing, whatever, as <laughs> opposed to third-party donations. Well, you know what? Let me stop you right there for a minute because you said something that piqued my interest. So first and foremost, and help me get my arms around this, but it is my rudimental understanding that any money company generates is not necessarily the company's, it's the shareholders. Well, the shareholders are the owners of the company, ultimately. And um, Uh so, and what the shareholders do, they have a board of directors that essentially hires the officers to run the company. Mm -hmm. And I think where you kind of get into a bit of a morass is when the officers decide to start directing funds to provide assistance to causes that they themselves like, you know, they themselves think are a good idea, which often do not mesh with the views of the shareholders themselves who are typically not even consulted about where the money is invested. Mm-hmm. Well, and it so seems to you, me that there's, yeah, yeah as I say, Jeff, it seems to me that there's a potential for a lot of, well, more recently, virtue signaling. We're going to use the corporate largesse to support various social causes. Whether or not the shareholders, you know, the the silly people that own the company actually are down with their plan, number one. And number two, you know, I I also see this as a potential vain, glorious attempt by these corporations to curry favor with some of these social groups. I want to make a blanket statement before I carry on. I am not a racist, sexist, misogynist. What else can I not be? I'm not a, whatever, I'm not a communist, etc. But when I look at things like, for example, I saw a bag of smart food popcorn yesterday. 
with a rainbow flag on it and pronouncements about how they support the LGBTQ agenda. Now, LGBTQ, according to the statistics I look, represents 7.1% of the population, but it's now on 100% of smart food popcorn bags. Or you've heard the, you know, the recent hue and cry that came up over, you know, was it Bud Light and their, their spokesperson. I support anybody's right to be anything they want. Don't care. Not my problem. When it gets to be kind of an issue is when, you know, these corporations use their charitable giving, if you will, as a, or, or even a marketing effort as a bully pulpit for something. And, you know, again, back to hearkening back to the shareholders. Do the shareholders agree? I bet the shareholders well, you- of Bud Light aren't exactly in agreement. No, I think Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch has taken an enormous beating in the last few weeks due to the essentially a boycott of the product line I that's think, developed. I think it's only it's only fifteen billion, and I think Target's down nine billion uh, as a well, result of their LGBTQ children's wear. But that that's another well, that's another issue. So you know, yeah. corporations are giving away money that really and truly isn't the corporations. That is, in fact, the shareholders' money. And as you recall, yeah, a number of years ago, we had all these uprising about people investing in sin industries and things like that. And you have to have shareholder awareness of what they're buying, etc. Well, it seems like they're buying favor with certain groups or certain charities. And I don't see the disclosure to the shareholders. Maybe I'm mistaken, but you know, it seems like the same thing, only different. I think that it has been a long tradition of the officers of the company primarily directing funds into certain causes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, truthfully, it may be that in some of these cases that you've talked about, that the board of directors get a little worried about the public perception of the company for whatever reason, you know, circumstances arise, Mm -hmm. a scandal or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the decision is made, well, let's start allocating some money in some direction. And the problem, as you point out, though, is that shareholders didn't approve this. I mean, they're, they're not going to be asked to decide how the company handles what the company might characterize as a marketing expense. You know, we're trying to curry mm-hmm. favor, we're trying to build the brand with an sure. audience that we have not really developed before. But, you know, the whole Bud Light controversy where they get, I guess, a trans person, I don't know what the proper terminology is, but to handle a beer which is sold largely to a pretty conservative blue-collar audience mm-hmm. just strikes me as virtue signaling by marketing, really. Exactly. Go, and, you know, and what I had heard was that the executive who was in charge that had been relieved of duty, or actually is on leave. Yes. He, from yeah. what I understand, he and his second-in-command are on leave, present. Yes. And were you or I, no doubt we would have been fired, but they are on leave. And apparently the rationale for the whole Bud Light thing was they wanted to reach out to a more progressive, kind of younger, more hip kind of group, which frankly ah. doesn't really drink Bud Light very much anyway. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot. But you know, Adam, well, the yeah, thing I, that, I, I, to your point, you, of course, remember like Larry the Cable Guy. The comedian. Okay. He was talking about, sure. you know, if you want to end the war in Iraq, you just tell, and this is a quote from him, this is not what I said. He said, you just let the rednecks know that Al-Qaeda's coming here to take their bass boats and their beer. And he said, you'll see a flotilla of 50,000 bass boats going over there and invading Iraq, you know, or Afghanistan. I forget, you know, which context he was using. But it occurs to me, and this is just an aside, that, you know, since that particular group, or, you know, we can pick any other group, represents a small fraction of the 330-plus million people in this country, you know, maybe that effort was misguided. And you know, again, not a, not a shot at anybody or any group. Just if you want to capture bigger market share, it would seem to me that you'd want to go for the bigger market. 
Well, I kind of wonder if it's really a matter of them being very complacent about having that bigger market. You know, the broader mm-hmm. audience, which is not part of the any of these subgroups, the trans group, whatever, and mm-hmm. maybe taking it for granted, thinking, oh, well, they love our product. They've loved our product for decades. They're not going to uh, have a problem with this. Well, guess what? They, they did have a problem with it. <laughs> and the interesting surprise. thing to me, uh, yeah, surprise, but the interesting thing is it kind of provided an example, which I think a lot of people have noticed, and particularly as well in the case of Target, as well, mm-hmm. you know, that your broader constituency can take offense when you start doing this, this niche marketing to groups who are, you know, frankly, sometimes very hostile to the views you have. And they just oh, said, yeah. well, we'll take our money. We'll take our money elsewhere. And you've seen exactly. Bud, exactly. Bud Light crater, Anheuser-Busch crater, Target crater, you know, they're both are mm-hmm. down more than $10 billion in market cap, I think. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the suits in the C-suite view it as like, well, it's a short-term thing and they'll get over it and everything. They'll come back. But, you know, there's a lot of choices people have as consumers in almost every type of product, edible, mm-hmm. apparel, whatever. They don't necessarily have oh, to yeah. come back. And you can order yeah. online from almost anybody. And it's not a guarantee that you keep your core audience when you are catering to more niche audiences mm-hmm. and can obviously offend the core audience or the core market that you oh, have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that brought up a secondary issue in my mind. And, and listen, I give money. I mean, literally, I give money to all kinds of causes. I give my money, not the Omaha Bugles money. I give mm-hmm. money to I give money to homeless people. I give money, for example, I gave money to a speech pathology center. We give money to the you know ASPCA and various organizations for animals and people and different causes. And I thought to myself, well, let me go sniffing around a little bit and see you know where this goes. I've seen some stuff that came across the internet about some of the worst charities and you know don't give your product to this or don't give your gift to this group. Give it to this group. And I thought to myself, for example, just how prevalent is the bad stuff? And how often does it happen? Now, but I looked at this big article, I think it was in the New York Times about the BLM movement and how in 2020 they had $90 million. And now they have less than half of that. And part of the money actually went to buy a $6 million home in California. Now, presumptively, according to this filing, they bought the property to use as an artist retreat. But they can't disclose where it's at because they're afraid that there are threats and safety concerns for the leadership and staff and the creators that would be using this facility. I don't know about you, but that sounds maybe a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit sketchy. So I thought, well, let's take a look at this further. And I found an article that talks about how, I think it was the Tampa Bay Times put together a list, and this is a while ago, of the 50 worst charities in America. And it was shocking to me that some of these charities raise money and pay as little as, are you ready for this? Mm Zero percent of what's raised. Zero. I have certainly heard about charities where the overhead is extremely high. They have CEOs that are making seven figures or whatever, and the money gets chopped up. But I'm assuming that's a part of the problem, maybe not the whole problem. Yeah, Yeah, but according to this, the highest payout of this particular group was 11%, with marketing costs approaching anywhere between a low of 50 and a high of 90%. So on average, these guys are paying out 1.1% of what they bring in. Now, it it occurs to me that kind of blows the whole charitable giving idea, corporate or private, right out of the you know right out of the water. Totally, that's clearly not the intent. Say that again, Jeff. No, I said, uh, why bother? Why bother giving them anything if only one percent is making it over two percent or whatever? Mm -hmm. 
And then when you say the marketing, what I was wondering when you brought that up was whether marketing, you know, marketing can include all sorts of things, but my guess is a big chunk of that is salaries. And, commissions? Yeah. You know, staff salaries, commissions. commissions. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Beach houses, maybe, in undisclosed uh, locations. You know? No, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But then I thought, okay, well, if we've got, and obviously, you know, you've got some bad actors, just like anything else. There are bad actors in any, you know, any field of endeavor here. But some of these, I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, well, Kids Wish Network. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that sounds a lot like the Make a Wish Foundation, right? Sure. Kids Wish Network granting wishes to children who are terminally ill. Children's and, Wish and by the Foundation. Way, just to, just to remind the audience, you're pulling this off the newspaper article with the Tampa Bay Times. You said it was actually written originally by the Tampa Bay Times, and it okay. is on the website Smart Assets. Okay, and I then, just want to bring that up. That you're not. Yeah. It's not your information. Oh you're, no, you're no, 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 no. Okay. I went and I thought, well, let's let's take a look and see, you know, what's the flip side of that? And they had another article, and this is on Market Watch, that talked about, for example, last year, according to this article, Americans, that's people like you and I, gave $389 billion to charity. That's very impressive. That's a lot of money. And that according, is. according to this article, it was a very fourth of that amount. So that's certainly not shabby. But here's, here's some things that I thought were interesting. The International Children's Fund gives away 99.7% of the money it raises. Well, that's very Food that, Bank of Southern California, yeah, 99.6%. Now, one of the things I learned about food banks is that food banks, and, I, and this was an article that I think I saw on Forbes, would prefer that you give money instead of canned goods and instead of produce. Because what they do is they take that produce back to the warehouse, they store it for a period of time, and then they distribute it. Well, the problem right. is with a lot of the stuff that they're receiving, it expires on their shelves before they can actually get it turned around and out. So they, well, uh, they I, suggest I would, in the article, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I would assume that if they have the cash, they can buy in bulk, they can do things that, and they don't have exactly. to worry about lugging around cans and things, mm. and, and as you say, storing rotting produce. So, And that's what they're saying. Their best and most efficacious manner in delivering relief is by getting cash. They get the cash, they buy the groceries, they deliver the groceries. Makes perfect sense. Make, yeah, right. then, then you don't have to pay for big warehouses either. So you're able mm-hmm. to reduce your costs and just it's a much more direct conduit to the people who are actually in need. That makes a lot of sense. And I thought I thought that makes good sense. And this this article is pretty interesting and it says on this list seven you know, seventy five percent of these charities give away seventy five percent or more, ten percent mm-hmm. give away sixty percent or more of what they raise. And you know, mm-hmm. to me, I thought that was kind of the whole premise behind charitable giving. You know, this is what we do. You know, we're here there to support a particular group. And, and listen, I don't care who you support. It's just an issue of there are people out there in need. And certainly, I don't begrudge any for you know. It's certainly no no charitable giving. But the first thing I think is number one, the corporations. And I think I agree with you. Is corporations should be doing it. It's not the corporation's money. And how easily would it be how easy would it be for a corporation with a really big checkbook to start playing favorites and they do and well i I wasn't even going on to the political spectrum but yeah start playing favorites now again is that contrary to the the shareholders and, and and as they now call it stakeholders position in the corporation well the other part you get into is that every 
corporate employee is free to donate their money. The big shots at the top are free to donate their hefty bonuses. Mm-hmm. You know, they can, you know, they get a million dollar bonus, they can turn it over to whatever group they support. And, you know, that way there is no discontinuity to, between the shareholders' interests and the predilections of the corporate brass as to, you know, where the money goes. But, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think, I think we're both on the same page that the shareholders are the owners of the company and they're not signing up for the company to get involved in things that, you know, may be greatly offensive to them, even though some of the directors mm-hmm. or some of the officers may think it's a great idea because of their own particular viewpoints. Right. Well, yeah, and I have a few investments, and I can't tell you. I actually read a prospectus one time. That was hilarious. 158 pages of fun. Pages, yeah. Oh, 158 pages of onion skin paper printed on both sides in like number eight point print. I don't and think anybody's ever made it through one of those things. I well, you know what? I think that's pretty much the reason why they put them out. Mm-hmm. And you can sum up the entire document in: don't do it, don't do it. If you do it, you're an idiot. Now, these are all the ways you could lose your money. Right. Well, don't we do. do your, we've know. done. When we've been involved in real estate syndications or ventures, that's you're right. That's oh, the yeah. exact same thing. You, you have the so-called what is it, red herring letter, where you just say here are all the possible things that could go wrong. It's how you protect yourself, and you know you're required to disclose the things that could be adverse. You can't paint these. Pollyannish picture that everything will go well because normally, as we all know with projections, even with really smart people making them, they usually don't work out. So, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I remember I I've uh, consulted my crystal ball a few times and it didn't quite go the way I had anticipated. But um, no, no, back to the back yeah. to the charitable giving yeah. and the corporations, if we may. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, there's a huge potential for steering or, or misdirecting shareholder shareholders. Funds, certainly, incurring favor with certain groups or certain organizations, okay? And a lot of times, I would think that if, you know, let's just say a character like, you know, Jamie Dimon decides that they're going to give away a whole whopping load, does that engender some most favorable donor treatment for Mr. Dimon? Well, that certainly sounds like it could raise that sort of specter. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, you know, on a different level, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates or Warren Buffett are all presumptively donating charitably from their own accounts. But again, is that, you know, is that something that, you know, you as a shareholder would be concerned about? Well, it would certainly be interesting to find out, which I've not looked into, about what Warren Buffett does. Because Mm -hmm. you would think if anybody would... Now, I know he's pledged a lot of his own fortune to charitable mm-hmm. causes. In fact, I think I think a lot of it was to go to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which I'm not sure what, I guess it's still called that. I think they got divorced, but I guess it's still called the Bill and Melinda I believe Gates it, Foundation. I believe, I believe it is. Let me, uh, let me quickly and, uh, take, take a look. While you're doing that, I'll ramble on accordingly. So it seems to me that what Buffett is doing is he's turning over his personal fortune, but I have never heard him in any of his letters or anything talk about the company participating in a particular corporate philanthropic type of event. You know, they, they Mm -hmm. buy, they buy assets, you know, they, they own everything from railroad, railroad lines to insurance companies. Real estate, real estate offices. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They own, they own real estate offices. They own a whole, whole bunch of different types of assets, but I don't think I'm again I want to look into this but I think that it is it would surprise me if indeed they do any type of corporate philanthropic 
endeavors because he always seems to be focused on the what he's doing with his own money. And, you know, and the other part of it is, you know, it's, it's difficult enough to run a company. And then when you start getting all these things where you're getting pulled into various causes or whatever because you sponsor them and then you get have to deal with the press on that. To me, it would just be a lot easier if you just tell everybody that comes to your office, no thanks, we're really not interested. And we don't do any type of corporate philanthropic <coughs> gifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why, why aggravate yourself? You know, and and you know, actually, the the reason I started thinking about that is, and this is sort of a stretch, but I was talking to somebody who had a Facebook account. I don't do Facebook; I don't know much about it. But apparently, Facebook, if you have an account and you can block somebody if you suddenly fall out with them, and apparently that that's a big insult in the cyber world to block somebody, and then that sets off all sorts of things. And it's sort of like I'm just thinking, well, why get involved with that at all? If, if there's such a likelihood that you could have problems with it. And it's sort of the same thing here. You know, why get involved with sponsoring whoever it is, BLM or you know, any other type of politically oriented 501c3 not-for-profit? Because only let your employees decide. If they want to channel money to that, let them do that. But to to require any company to do it, I think is a mistake because you're, you're going to take a lot of people off no matter who you decide to benefit. Exactly. I mean, to, to your point, if just like the misguided, you know, Bud Light and the misguided Target efforts, suppose you, you as a corporation decide to donate money to a certain group <clears throat> and even the less controversial groups, let's face it, 50% trying to come down on one side of the fence or the other. Now you've just oh, lost, yeah. yeah, you've just lost a boatload of your constituents. Yeah, so it's like, why even venture into that thing? I think you're better off if you just focus on the business at hand, running the company that you mm-hmm. have, trying to make a buck doing it, instead of getting involved in things that are just going to sidetrack the attention span of everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know what? You've got to expend a lot of... I mean, think about the process. You've got to expend a lot of bandwidth trying to pick through and mm-hmm. find a charity that's not going to be offensive to anyone. How do you make that happen? I, I can't even imagine that charity that would not. I mean, in this age where people get offended by imaginary things, I, I don't even know how you would manage to find a charity that didn't tick somebody off. Oh, absolutely. You know, if, it's a, you know, if it's a religious charity, every other denomination potentially gets upset about that. If it's, you know, some type of charity that's geared toward a particular group of people, well, everybody else gets ticked off about uh. that. You know. Can you imagine the firestorm if you were div- a particular racial or ethnic group? Oh, yeah. And it, yet it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, the whole you know virtue signaling of this thing, it's just, you know, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, product placement. Mm-hmm. And I just get such a hoot out of that. I mean, we were watching something the other day, and, you know, we noticed that all of the cars in the program are made by Chrysler. Hmm. There's not a not a single Ford or Chevy in the program. And everybody drinks Coca-Cola. Right. Right. I'm like, well, they're paying really? uh, some money for that. But that's a sponsorship uh-huh. thing, though. I mean, that's oh, probably yeah. a little bit different, but I understand the sort of the parallel you get at with it. Well, yeah. It's, well, what's the difference? You know? Product placement or, you know, corporate philanthropy. Now, admittedly, I think some of the corporations may have the best of intentions, but I think it, you know, like you pointed out earlier, it, it could lend itself to some substantial abuses. Because, you know, if you got a big enough checkbook, I mean, that gets you to attention and certainly maybe a little time at the bully pulpit, you know? Well, well, given the way the consumers have actively boycotted certain brands, as we've seen with the whole Bud Life fiasco as an example, mm-hmm. 
to me, that would be all the more reason that you would try and just stay out of this altogether. Just, you know, I mean, why wade into it in the first place? Because we seem to be in an era where there's such a super sensitivity about every real or imagined grievance that exists. And it doesn't take much to trigger people. And of course, since everybody's got access to the internet and things go viral pretty commonly, oh. you know, <laughs> it's, you just find yourself, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But I think the easiest thing is just not to get involved at all in this. And it just all gets back to why should, it, it's almost like a, it's sort of a socialistic type of thing whereby you have certain people spending other people's money. And, you know, and of course, who cares about that when it's other people's money? Well, we spoke about that in our last episode about the missing in action war materials. If you're not spending your own money and you are not accountable for it in some form or fashion, it's keep writing checks until the checks run out. And oh, yeah. in my mind, it's a, it's a little bit of a mess. You know, I think correctly you have pointed out, and this I think is our policy here at the Omaha Bugle, we don't give away charitable contributions. Anybody here on the staff, employees can give to whatever they care to give to, but it's not coming out of the corporate coffers. Well, and, and let's face it, the chairman of the board has a pretty expensive ranch that he lives on, so it takes a lot of money to keep that place rolling, so you can't really get involved in charitable contributions. And, uh, Cut off some of the money supply. Well, I'll probably be getting a letter of termination for that one, but. Yeah, oh, well, plus, just add it to the pile of hate mail. We'll ignore it just like we ignore everything else. <laughs> Anyhow, Mr. So. Weaver, we have reached that time in our broadcast day where it's time for us to bid our listeners a fond adieu. And I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. And from the Global News Network desk of the Omaha Bugle. This has been Adam Von Romer, senior correspondent, and of course, Jefferson Hayne Weaver, eminent scholar, lexicographer, and wit, and senior correspondent. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll look forward to seeing you in our next episode.